HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. My name is Brandon Boy, co-owner of Roberta's, a super duper awesome place. Roberta's is a very, 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 very proud sponsor of the Heritage Radio Network. We're also super awesome. Thank you, Heritage. You're listening to HeritageRadioNetwork.org, a nonprofit member-supported radio station. We're millions strong, with folks tuning in from over 200 countries. We are education. We are entertainment. We are the future of food. May is our membership drive. Become a member and support us while receiving e-newsletters, advanced invites, special discounts, and a membership card. We need your support. Visit our website and click the donate button to become a member today. Thank you for believing in us, and enjoy the show. Hello, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border, coast to coast, and all the ships at sea. Streaming live from the County of Kings, Brooklyn, New York City, on the Heritage Radio Network. Are you ready for the fastest half hour on the internet today? It's the Mike and Judy Show. Spanning the globe for high-minded hijinks and low-brow kicks to bring you the best in sex, drugs, rock and roll, and nuclear vision. They're too bad for radio and too good looking for television. And now, here they are. America's last best hope to make the internet safe for absolutely no one. Two people who will do pretty much anything for a pizza. Your hosts, Mike Edison and Judy McGuire. I feel like we need to amend that opening since we have <laughs> toppings now. <laughs> Two people who do anything for a pizza with toppings. It's true. We had to negotiate with our corporate masters since uh, 501C Heritage uh, Radio Network pays us in pizza. Uh, you know what? We didn't take advantage of the toppings. I'm pushing for a calzone. Whoa. When we get a calzone. Whoa. You have to do those. That, here at Heritage Radio, it's sort of like having like, like your, your name on Hollywood Boulevard. Being able to get a calzone it's for like the show. like your gold watch and a star. But, but where else do all, our, all the guests get pizza? Name one other radio show. We already heard that to, the Today Show has a non-working uh, pinball machine in the green room. We have a bar filled with cute people. <laughs> and especially today on Cinco de Mayo. It's a little obnoxious, to be honest with you. And yet here there are the people at the awkward date table. We need TV. <laughs> They're so miserable with each other. I think they had really bad sex and they never want to see each other. But they were talked into having breakfast together. Could they be more miserable? Anyway, we have two lovely ladies here today. Today is, today is too hot for television, to be sure. Yes. 
We have luck. We're probably going to get we're probably gonna get thrown off the radio network for today's show. Everyone's naked too, Mike. I really wish you would put a towel down on that chair. I mean, it is National Masturbation Month. So. Exactly. When yeah, is it you. not National Masturbation Month? <laughs> but Lux runs Fleshbot, Fleshbot Fiction, um, Friday Night. What Fleshbot Friday? It's, 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 it's the Fleshbot Empire. How did I not Empire. remember that? Like. The Fleshbot Empire. <laughs> and our friend, our new friend, Ellen Stagg, who has stagstreet.com full of beautiful naked ladies. Mm-hmm. Astonishingly good erotic photography. So let's get to it. Look at these awkward people at this date table, Lux. What, you got any advice for them? Maybe they could, could, Maybe she could take one of your classes. I know. That's what, I'm, what I'm getting at. Their losses. Um, oh, oh, yes. No. I, so, in addition to all my Fleshbot Empire, I'm also about to start doing uh, sex ed classes at Shag in Williamsburg. Um, I'm really super excited. I it started with them asking if I would be the sex educator for their bachelorette parties. Where yes, you can book a bachelorette party, and I'll okay. This is talk not about. the sex ed that I was exposed to in ninth grade health class. No, no, it's um, it's a little more informative. Uh, <laughs> I, I I know a little more hands on. Well, yeah, there's that. Too. Whoa, yeah, but, it's not, it's not just never nude. I will not be at the G spot class, but I. <laughs> applaud you so yes no so most of the classes are just kind of the basic standard like very informative but clothes on information only uh you know we've got uh uh, talking dirty sexting blowjobs g-spot all that but i've also been asked to do a more hands-on g-spot workshop which is happening in june at shag again we love shag.com yes we Um, do love shag yes (laughs) and it is i'm very very excited for this because it's going to be a two-hour workshop the first hour is just information like what is the g-spot what questions do you have about the g-spot how do you find it and then second hour you actually get to do it you get to you and a partner will get to in the in the environment of the class uh, learn how to find your G spot. So if someone comes partner free, are you willing to go where you know and and help them? I I am. I how hands on are you willing to get, Lux? <laughs> I see it as you know. I always tell people I became um, a sex educator because I was too lazy to go to med school and be a gynecologist. Mm-hmm. So I I think it for me it's more about the other person's comfort. But I think there are ways to do it. Obviously, I would use gloves and toys yes. and only do as far as they're comfortable. But you know, I'm totally, I'm totally comfortable with helping educate people. But one of the reasons why we're starting it as a couples class is because then we don't have to necessarily broach that with people right. because they have someone that they are comfortable with having touch them. And we've talked about just different ways to make it a more comfortable environment for people. So maybe like modesty shields. If people, you know, you might be comfortable coming to this class, but you don't necessarily want everybody to see you. Right. And it's like snacks and tea and <laughs> a very positive environment. So what would your advice be for this uh, poor sap here who's you know, obviously having a rough time having brunch uh, brunch of shame, apparently, because neither of them got what they wanted last I night. I know. I think they need some better communication. I mean, that's... Or more yeah. booze. Or more booze, which Maybe is kind of lessening. <laughs> <laughs> So, Ellen, you you do commercial work, and mm-hmm. and then you also have all these beautiful nudes. How did you get into shooting Naked Ladies? About seven and a half years ago, I met Justine Jolie, the mm-hmm. lesbian queen of porn, and uh, she was the first one to get like fully naked for me. And I've been doing photography for coming up on 19 years, 
And I went over, I was doing erotica, I was asking friends, and they would only go so far right. with me, or want to wear masks, or like had their head cuts off, or not put it on the internet. Um, and then Justine was like the first one, was like fully nude, vagina, everything. And, and what a beautiful, like... I mean, I didn't know the gift that I was getting with her as being <laughs> my first, you know? It wasn't like your hippie grandma volunteered oh my to God, show yeah. It was amazing. And then that just snowballed. And she introduced me to more people. And, yeah. And then I was like, maybe I should start a site for this. I don't know where to put these images. Because I offered it to some other websites that I thought would be interested in erotica. But they thought it was, like, a little too porny. Or they wanted more, like, soft lighting couples in the East Village. Because that's what women like. Other. Yeah. <laughs> we like soft lighting. The Barbara Walters focus. <laughs> exactly. More and so, on the lens. Yes. <laughs> so then I started uh, just a free blog to start getting like people interested, and that's how I met Lux. And then I started a paid one. So what do people get when they subscribe? Um, well, Monday through Friday, it's a blog, so you get to see images of either what I've been working on or what I've shot in the past. But Mondays and Fridays, if you pay, you get uh, full sets. On Tuesdays and Thursdays, it's teaser images of what I've done most recently. And then Wednesdays is behind-the-scenes video. So how much time does this take? A lot. Yeah. <laughs> I have, like, a whole army of interns and everything else. Oh, wow. That yeah. Mike wants to intern. <laughs> no, actually, I want to have my photo taken. Well, now, 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 are you shooting men as well? Suppose I wanted, you know, to make a boudoir shot for well, my Well, I do sweetheart. boudoir photography on the side, and I just call them private clients. So then mm-hmm. that way nobody sees it if you want to share it with your friends. So, so you got a George Costanza style, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I just shot this uh, uh, burlesque dancer, Stash Novak, naked and He's a man on like a sheepskin rug, Burt Reynolds style. Yeah, so. yeah that's what I'm thinking. Burt Reynolds house, shag, playgirl. You know, I was a playgirl model. Did you know that? It's true. <laughs> no, I was I a playgirl. Uh, <laughs> I had no idea. Well, I hate, I hate to disappoint you, Lux, but I was fully clothed. Oh. Uh, um, but, uh, and I think it's the August 1990 issue of Playgirl. When I worked for High Society at uh, Cherry Magazine, which yeah. is part of the same company, um, used to be Crescent, or used to be Drake, and then they became Crescent, and I don't even know what the fuck they are now. They're such, you know, they, they went down, that company went down the largest like consumer credit card fraud case in the United States Dude. history. I mean, I knew they were, you know, fucking thieving. I just didn't know they were fucking stupid, because that was at the... Um, the advent of uh, credit card porn and you know internet porn and what whatever yeah. and they were just like double charging people triple charging people once they have their credit card because people aren't going to fight it because then they'll be embarrassed in court when they have their, it's like my nudie man yeah I, I wasn't there the day that the U.S. Marshals came and took everybody's computer I'm really sorry I missed that but I was friend I was friendly with the Playgirl staff um, and they needed someone who had, <laughs> they picked me because actually I borrowed the clothes from our friend Peter Landau they needed the worst dressed person of all time for this <laughs> photo shoot and Peter I had this, ma- this madras jacket and these uh, velvet bell bottoms that look like they were made from like toilet seat covers. It's very loud tie, and they gave me this big box of candy and some flowers. And I was like, "Clothes don't make the man." Or, you know, it was just like kooky relationship story. Yeah, but, but it was great. I got like a model's face. So there I was. And I showed it to my grandmother, and she said it was very charming. Oh. She, she did linger over the centerfold of Malik though for a little while <laughs> before she got to my fully clothed, nice Jewish boy who does not address photo. But yes, I was a playground model. I never knew you were a model too. So much, so much, so much Act, inside. Actor, model, whatever. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> but isn't everybody? <laughs> but so Ellen, but you did this male burlesque guy. But do you do men as a matter of? Course? I did shoot actually for Playgirl back in the day when it was still a monthly uh, magazine. But um, recently, I've been only working with 
women. Hasn't Playgirl now finally admitted, like, embraced the gay? They did, um... A couple of years ago, they folded the magazine and went online only, and they were just kind of like, okay, actually, we're a gay publication. Because <laughs> I had a job real. interview there, and they're like, I was like, oh, come on, this is a gay mag, and it, which was like the wrong thing to say, because like, yeah. no, you know, how They really the wanted Midwest. to keep the kayfabe that was being largely read by, like, college students in the Midwest. Yeah. You know, who were like, I do oh, think some women. Yeah. You know, I think... But we would. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, and then and then when they had their whole Levi Johnston thing, they right. re- relaunched as a quarterly magazine. But I think they were just sort of like, okay. But it's interesting because I know Ronnie Koenig, who was editor in chief briefly years and years ago, um, like over a decade ago actually. Because when I met her, she was posted, and she said like, you know, yeah, it was kind of the unspoken thing that like we're a magazine for women. Um, but she did, they did some reader contest where she met, like, an actual female Playgirl reader, and she was like, oh, wow, this, these women are out no, there. No, I, I, I think they did exist. I, mean, I think there was, yeah. probably, was, like, was probably, maybe even as high as, like, 40% of the readership. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously, there was a certain amount of gay men, especially gay men outside of big cities, where it's hard to get, you know, you know gay porn on the newsstand. Yeah. New York, of course, you know, it's an embarrassment of riches if you're looking for a cock and balls magazine. Yeah. Um, the, worst, the worst thing that Playgirl really used to upset us the guys who worked for the porn magazines downstairs mm. is they really looked at us with disdain. They really looked at the men's magazines that we were all pigs. And I just thought it was like the most you know, kind of duplicitous, hypocritical kind of thing. You know, which, yeah. you know, I mean, Playgirl. Well, you guys kind of were pigs. And play, but, I mean, sure the, we were. The best was the, the centerfold that wiped crimp clean. That was, <laughs> that was such a great invention. <laughs> like, Anyway, well, early early on in our uh, in our relationship, um, Judy wrote some pornography for me. Oh, nice for, for Climax magazine, the short-lived Climax. <laughs> that was the one that wiped clean. <laughs> Have your way with it and still reuse it. This is like pre-real internet free stuff. <laughs> How was yeah? The free free internet was man. It was, it was different then. It was it was a different world, right? I mean, oh, the pornography, the slow um, world, the yeah. slow world, but it's good slow, like slow food. You know, yeah. I was at I was at uh, Show World Palace the other night. You know, people were former people oh, wow. at Emporium. I had gone to because you know since the Giuliani eighty twenty sixty forty whatever that fucking was, which is it still stands an obvious First Amendment violation. You know, they do like off Broadway plays and these sort of touristy musical stuff. Yeah. So I went to this um, pretty bad actually musical about hipsters in Bushwick. Can you imagine such a thing? <laughs> um, I was taken by I a friend of mine who was friends with the producer. Oh, Judy, you would have you would have fucking hated it. I mean, I mean all, it was it was just like every joke that you've ever heard in your life about hipsters with these guys with you know like like artisanal wool story. sweaters. Those time stories. Yeah. I oh, mean, like I, the one that just came out. Jesus yeah. Christ! Right. Well, there you know, there's the times. You know, you know, thirteen years behind every trend. <laughs> um, but we went next door to the old Choro Palace because it's not the big building anymore. It's sort of like in the side shop, but in the basement, and there are just rooms full of. Straight magazines, old National Geographics, crossword puzzles, soap opera digest, Sports Illustrated, all this like crazy like you know TV soap opera magazines from the sixties and seventies because they need to have that to make the porn content legit. Do they, they still have? They don't have girls there. There are no live girls there anymore, but there are peoples. And I was very happy to find out though that they still have the old tokens. Oh, nice. Which are awesome. So I bought like, a big handful of you know the old show world tokens, which you haven't yeah. seen are very... Our friend Carly made cufflinks. That's right. Them. Yeah, Those back in the yeah, day. Shag I had a tie tack. It says world's greatest show place on one side, and the other side's a silhouette of a naked girl, some musical notes. I mean, I mean, it's wonderful. It's Las Vegas, 1969. It hasn't really changed. <laughs> Except so for cute. the live girls. Yeah. Except for the live girls. Boy, it was something else back then. <laughs> No more live nude girls. No more live nude girls. I have to say, it was a sad day when they closed the last open window peep. 
<laughs> so what are we going to hear on our break while we, we chow down on some pizza? Well, um, Joe, the engineer, did a hard target search. We found the theme uh, from Candy Stripers. Okay. <laughs> some classic 70s porn. Anyway, it's uh, with uh, Lux and Alan, Mike and Judy, Joe, the engineer, on the Heritage Radio Network. We'll see you guys in a second. It's Candy Stripers. Nice. <laughs> She's the doctor of love, but she's the girl that comes through. She can heal the sick, make your dreams come true. All you need is her heart and a dose of her love. Take the shot that you high, we'll have a party tonight. We're gonna party. Really? With my mouth full of pizza, yeah. <laughs> I was a candy striper in uh, St. Barnabas Hospital in Livingston, New Jersey. And um, the woman who ran the thing hated me, so she would make me do the um, the most, the least desirable job, which was to deliver meals to people. And everyone would be so upset. They would, I'd come in and they're like, oh, cute teenage girl. And then it's like, oh, she's carrying this tray full of shit. Did you have sex with all the doctors? All of the doctors, some of the patients, <laughs> all of the orderlies, one of the ambulance drivers. It was a pretty wild time. I love back in the day when I remember I actually had a copy of Candy Stripers, and of course it was on a VHS cassette, you know, back when porn was big and bulky. <laughs> and you had the soundtrack on an eight track, I bet. Oh man, the sound, wasn't that great though? I mean, I loved it back in the day when they used to make music, you know, original music for porn movies, and actually bothered to record a theme song. I think that's not really uh, the, the status quo these days, right? There was one AVN Awards um, that I went to that Flo Rida was at because he had done a song for a porn movie. And Flav of Flav came with him. I feel like I've seen Burning Angel do. They have, like, yeah, because they work with punk punk, uh, musicians. So they do. Yeah, yeah. I wish someone would call me to do some porn soundtrack music. I have a wah wah pedal. <laughs> and a vibra slap. If you know what, happen to know what a vibra slap is, I know it sounds. Experiment. It sounds like the kind of thing you might find in your sex ed class. But um, I want a compilation album of the best of 2013 porn music. I mean, that'd be great. Yeah, probably 1978 porn music would be even cooler. Though. Yeah, yeah, it would even be better. But like, it would be nice to hear what yeah. they're making these days too. So, what what is the state of the art of pornography these days? I'm woefully behind. Um, it's actually been kind of interesting because you know the internet came, and in a lot of ways, the internet was great for porn because suddenly it was a lot more discreet. It was a lot easier to get. People who would never go to a porno shop are totally comfortable like going to their computer. 
and getting some porn. But then, as happened in all industries, the internet also fostered piracy. So you could get it really cheap and really... You get it really easily and really discreetly, but why would you pay for it? Because there's all this free stuff. Um, What's happening now, for a while, people like the music industry, tried to fight piracy... And now they're just sort of like, well, that didn't work very well. What can we do to salvage this industry? So one of my favorite sites is actually Woodrocket, which is a free site, but it's all legal. They create or license all the content that's there. It's uh, the home of SpongeBob SquareNuts and Sex Toy Story. <laughs> and oh, what was the one? Oh, uh, Porks and Recreation. And it's, I just saw something yeah. about Porks and Recreation. It's run by a good friend of mine, and they're trying to rework this way of saying, okay, how can we give people the free content they want while also paying producers, paying performers, so not screwing do, everybody over? How do they make money? Is it advertising? Advertising supported. They do product placement, which is kind of interesting. Um, they have their own like toy store. They're experimenting, but a lot of it right now is product placement and advertising. What kind of like Pepsi isn't going to be in there? It's been like well, in Porks and Recreation, there was a lube. Okay. That they're like, Ron, Rana uses this lube. You can use this lube too. But but it wouldn't be like the lube. Uh, what was it like Trojans lube? It's probably no, like more um, independent. Because tro- I mean, those guys they make vibrators and lube, and they still don't want to be dirty. They're not sex toys. Um, no, it's a uh, it's. What a, it's a zero tolerance. I think it's one of the, like the adult industry companies, but there's some sex toy, but not like. Mainstream. It's actually funny that you bring up Trojan because, as we mentioned before, I'm doing Fleshbot Fiction, which is a line of erotica. Um, it's erotica ebooks, and one of the things we've been toying with is finding sponsors for certain stories. So the stories would be given out free. There'd be some branding, and I was like, one thing that would be awesome is a line of safer sex erotica. That'd be great. So I'm now, if anybody listening to this is a condom company who wants to sponsor a line of safer sex erotica, you can always reach out to me. Um, Because Trojan was one of the ones where I have a friend who does something who does something with Trojan. um, But he was like, you know, they have 70% of the market share. They're not going to do something that's in any way risky. And it's like... I'm astonished that when I go to my local CVS or Rite Aid, like the, the Trojan branded product, I mean, the personal massagers and the his and her ice and fire lube. I mean, it's it's... Pretty pretty far out. I mean, it's pretty erotic. I think it's I think it's great. I think it's wonderful. They can put it on the shelves, and the people can be open enough without having to go, you know, to a sex boutique or a sex toy store. Yeah. And they can find it, you know, right right there. Twenty four hours a day, I can get a vibrator. I think it's super. Which awesome. I think is good. That's why I live in New York. Actually. I wish those vibrators were better, but oh, they're very weak. Yeah, they're not very good vibrators. Yeah, I, haven't, I can't say I've road tested them. Opening <laughs> the conversation and like the Dwayne Reed socks vibrators. That's awesome. And cock rings. Dude, dude vibra- like- vibrating cock rings for a dollar. Like that's pretty. That's pretty great. And I yet, mean, some people will still say there's no such thing as progress. When I when I worked <laughs> in my after school job as a um, in a drugstore in New Jersey, mm-hmm. um, it was run by these two like Italian American Catholic guys who kept all the condoms behind the counter. So, and I was it was a very small store. So these guys would come in and like there's a 16 year old girl at the register like. And they would look at every, sing- every single thing in the store, and I'm like, oh, I know they just want condoms. Like, <laughs> and then, like, finally, Frank or Joe would come out from behind the counter and go, like, oh, come here, sir. Can I help you? And then the poor guy would get his condoms. Like, this is why there's pregnancy. Yeah. No, no condom shame people. You're not going to prevent them from having sex. You're just going to prevent them from doing it safely. Right. So, Ellen, what do you have coming up that we should look out for? 
Um, I'm showing at Parlor Gallery in Asbury Park, New Jersey. I love the Parlor Gallery in Asbury Park. My good friend's down there. I love that gallery. It's the, um, I think the fifth year in a row I'm showing at their erotica show on June 8th. Oh, cool. And then I'm always a part of Fleshbot Fridays with Lux. I always sponsor and give out members free membership to my site or art or book or whatever. And I love that party. It's one of my favorite Friday nights by far. What 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 happens at Fleshbot Fridays? Is it a giant orgy? Should people be really afraid? <laughs> no, they should not be afraid because it's free. <laughs> That's free the first fun. thing. Yeah, we all love free as we love this free pizza right now. Um, but... Yeah, no, it's free. There's drink specials, and then there's usually three incredibly amazing burlesque performers, um, and then it's hosted by a porn star, and it's um, emceed by Matt Holtzclaw, who's a magician and an incredible friend of mine. Ooh, a magician! Yes. Yeah, and once in a while he does really cool magic. Shows. I'm, so, I'm magic such a, I'm such a geek. It's like I'm listening porn, 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 sex, sex, sex. Like, ooh, a magician! <laughs> like it's, uh, it's at headquarters gentlemen's club. On 38th between 10th and 11th. Oh, you know, the joke used to always be when we used to get invited to these big fetishy parties, you know, at Screw, and I was working at Screw, it was like, yeah. it was like going to a Star Trek convention. It was, it was all dudes, they're the most geeky people of all time. If, you know, you weren't dressed right, and if, you're, <laughs> if your vinyl PVC mask, whatever, it was not exactly right, or if it was like last year's Catwoman whip or whatever, you know, <laughs> you, you would be shunned. It was, it was very geeky. It was I lot, bet lot there's like, no shunning at Bre- Fleshbot Friday. No, 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 not at all. It's the opposite. We're so welcoming. It's the big yeah. tent. The flesh pot is a big tent. Free vibrators and condoms. And yeah, and porn. And, and we have uh, sex trivia. Yeah. And if you win the, the sex trivia questions, then you get free things like I bet you can't get a sex trivia question past Judy McGuire. Mm. I bet you probably could, but I'm curious. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, it depends. I mean, porn That's, trivia, I'm not going to get. Cause I'm, just I'm trying not... to remember some of the more recent questions. Because I try to run the gamut. Like, So sometimes it's like sex and pop culture. Sometimes it's anatomy. Sometimes it's porn. Um, will there be a question about the teen mom James Dean sex tape love? Yes, because I'm will. very curious about that. I gotta do that one. Um, actually, there might have been one about that at the last one. Oh, like one of like an easy one was like, what porn star was just on the cover of The Village Voice? I Who don't know. The Village Voice anymore? <laughs> Stoya. <laughs> See, she's your friend. I should have guessed her right away. <laughs> Any porn star question, I just should have said Stoya. I know, right? Um... She like is, so, or she is like or... super foxy. The only question you know, I got right once at Fleshbot Fridays mm-hmm. was, "What is the most this bland vegetable that's Afri- mm. actually an aphrodisiac?" What is G- it? Celery. Oh, it's supposed to make your semen taste oh. better too, according to Tommy Lee. Tommy Lee loved the celery. In um, yeah. in fact, he in his uh, his book, I rever- I mean, Screw thought it was dirty. When I reviewed that book for Screw, it was like we felt like we needed to take a shower after reading that book, and he advised eating. A stalk of celery for like ex- extra uh, volume in your splooge, and in fact, had gone so far into this theory that he had invented um, what I call the splooge font. Yeah. So his penis could comment on it, sort of like the Greek chorus, which was in this like sort of like icky. Oh my it was, god! It was a splooge font. font. It was like ew. It was, it was like the worst. Yeah, little sidebars of semen. It was. It was it, really just like. It, even for Motley Crue, it was a low. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty bad. Wow, I. The things that, well, I guess this is my next trivia. But, but, Which rock star invented the spooge, spooge font? Tommy Lee's gift to type <laughs> typesetting. <laughs> Even Screw was disgusted. <laughs> so funny. Oh, my God. So, but, you know, speaking of the like, erotic uh, yeah. fiction and stuff, and, you know, I wrote a lot of uh, porn novels back in the day, in the pre-internet day, but 
what's always was the most shocking thing to me is how much filth there is in like pre Fifty Shades of this, that, and the other thing was. I stumbled upon some of the books my mom was reading in the seventies, like Arthur Haley, right? And um, you know, and this is where the, the cocaine penis began. And somewhere in my mom's head, there's a cocaine penis. This is like, uh, maybe I shouldn't be bringing this up on the radio, but um, you know, I found this book in my mom's house. It was one of these Arthur Haley books, you know, the yeah. money changers and all these, you know, captains of industry and their call girls. And I just opened the page where some guy was putting a bunch of cocaine on his dick before he was like fucking his Asian call girl up the ass on his round, you know, bed that revolved. I was like, oh my god, oh my god, right? Because that's what my women were always reading erotic, right? Yeah. Right, 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 that right. Then. But and he wasn't even erotic, and this was like brutal. Although, if you ever find any of my porn books that I wrote in the 80s, in every single one, someone's putting cocaine on their penis. Okay, it's sort of like my As tag. a shout out to... It's, like, it's my tag. Hey, Mom. <laughs> the mom who cannot be mentioned by name. But she does have a cocaine penis somewhere in her head. It's, it's, it's pretty disturbing. Next, you know, when Mother's Day comes up, you know, we interviewed my mom on the radio last year for yes. Mother's Day, and your first question was, so, so uh, Mrs. Edison, where did you go wrong? <laughs> <laughs> what I'm saying was the cocaine penis. She, but you did not mention cocaine penis when you had your mother on the phone. Goddamn though. right I didn't. Did you, chicken? Goddamn right I didn't. Chicken shit. Mm, <laughs> no, I, um, there's no cocaine penis in any of our stories yet. Yet? But, but now, uh, I haven't written one yet, Lux. I know. Are you going to write an erotic story, Judy? I write the worst erotica. I just hear, like, Gomer Pyle's voice in my head when I try to write something dirty, and it just comes out really stupid and funny. I think it's really difficult. Like, yeah. This is something, I think it's easy to write something that's kind of, like, comical and trying to do like humorous erotica but to actually be sexy is such a skill like for me you have to sort of you can't have any kind of irony it's you have to really take yourself seriously and people who do it well i'm i love them do you do you write erotica um i have sometimes but it's hard for me because i can be funny about sex and i can be smart about sex but to be like i think we call it making love yeah (laughs) to be like genuine about it i'm like it doesn't really go with my writing. But, you know, the writers that we brought on, like, a lot of them, they do it really well. And I'm like, this is really hot. And I don't feel like you're not, like, talking about quivering members and quims. <laughs> <No>. and <laughs> it's really good. Don't you also find it kind of funny when you read something that a friend wrote and you're kind of turned on that? Like, maybe it's the <laughs> Catholic school in me, but I get really uncomfortable. Like, I've just kind of accepted it, like, given the line of work that I do. I mean, I watch my friends have sex. You... Okay. <laughs> and, and then review it. I know. <laughs> good good blowjob, friend. You just get to... So before we go, do you have any blowjob tips for, for the kids in the audience? Um, okay, so if it's a circumcised dick, on the underside where the head of the penis meets the shaft, there's a spot there that's actually really, really sensitive, and I find that kind of tonguing that spot is often good. Obviously, everybody's different, and I'm not going to give any, like, guaranteed-to-work tips, but that is a good starting point, I find. <laughs> the peanut gallery is against that spot. Well, it's, it's, good, it's good, to, good to know the Heritage Radio staff was circumcised anyway. Or maybe not. You know, maybe that's why there's the down vote. Well, as a, as a Jewish uh, member of, of member. Uh, the, the staff here, uh, um, yeah, I'd say that's a good place to start. <laughs> All right, uh, fleshpot.com. Fleshpot for eyes. Fleshpot fiction. Com. Don't forget Ellen. <laughs> Stagstreet.com. Stagstreet.com. It's Naked awesome. Naked ladies. It's, it's, Over it's, it's, 100 of them. It's really awesome. We're going to talk because I think I need a boudoir shot. Yeah, All let's right. do this. We find the shag carpet. Next week, we talk to Paul Gerard from Exchange Alley about food. 
Ugh, food. Maybe you guys can come back and uh, hot it up a little bit. Okay, so for Judy McGuire, for uh, Lux and Ellen, for Joe the Engineer, and Brandon, our corporate master, it's the Mike and Judy Show. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.